Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. I am Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, and this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can better understand what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you can apply something written so long ago to what you're going through right now. And today's show, my friends, is entitled, Give Me What You Got. 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 Ain't no half stepping. Oh, well. And today, we're going to be discussing the subject of covetousness. Covetousness. And covetousness is heavily frowned upon by the word of God. In fact, it's the last of the Ten Commandments, as found in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 17. Let's read it, shall we? You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male slave, or his female slave, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And a lot of people don't know what coveting something actually means and what covetousness is all about. Well, covetousness is defined as having, quote, an envious eagerness to possess something or having a feeling of grudging admiration and desire to have something that is possessed by another or having extreme greed for material wealth. Basically, it means wanting what the next man got and hence, the title of today's show, Give Me What You Got, Give Me What You Got. And as I said earlier, God is absolutely against covetousness because ultimately, by coveting or desiring to obtain the property of somebody else is to be dissatisfied with what God has given you and therefore demonstrates your lack of faith in his love. Not to mention that the envy that covetousness encourages will lead sooner or later to hurt somebody else. Hurt me, hurt me, which is inconsistent with the primary duty of love, which is the great commandment that Jesus gave us. Remember, he said, love each other if I have loved you. Can't love somebody if you're hurting them and you're hurting them because you're jealous of them and you want what they got. So we should be able to see why coveting things is wrong because it leads us to bad places that run contrary to God's will for our lives. For instance, covetousness makes us greedy of gain. Greedy of gain, listen, the very essence of wanting what the next man's got is never being satisfied with what we have. And it means succumbing to the powerful urge for more. When we're guilty of covetousness, we're guilty of having a heart for things instead of a heart for the Lord. And when we come to the place where we're never satisfied with God's blessings, and we're instead always looking for a way to increase our possessions, then we should just face the fact that we just plain old greedy. I ain't nothing but being greedy. There's this famous story that a pastor once told. I love this story. About a guy who was tired of his friends owning nicer homes than his home. This guy always felt inferior to them and decided 
to even things out a bit. So he went to see a realtor and put his house on the market and began to search for a new house. So one day as he was reading the newspaper, he came across a listing for a house that seemed to be just what he was looking for. So he called the realtor and he told the realtor, look, I want to see this house. I'm interested in purchasing this house. And the realtor told him, uh, sir, that's your house that you see listed. That's the house we're trying to sell for you right now. <laughs> that sounds like many people you know, don't it? We always think the grass is just a little bit greener down the road at the neighbor's house. We think, well, if I could get this thing or that job or this much money in the bank, then I'll be happy. Friends, it's never going to happen because the more we have, the more we want. Biggie saying it, more money, more problems. Humans by nature are greedy and self-centered, always trying to grab more than they can hold. And having attitudes like that poisons life and creates a sourness of heart and a bitterness of character. The covetous person is never satisfied and they're always reaching out for more. Furthermore, being covetous makes us grab another person's wealth. The Bible tells us that having a covetous heart may cause you to go after things that are not yours to go after. It tells us that men can covet property, people, and possessions. And when we come to the place where we're willing to do anything to have the things that belong to somebody else, then we've crossed the line and we're guilty of sin before the Lord. So it's wrong to covet property. The 10th commandment refers to a neighbor's house. You know, in certain cultures, it's not considered wrong to take things that are found to be abandoned. Okay. In this country, I know that we call it squatting. Somebody abandons their house and people move into it. They squat in it, meaning they start living in it. However, if we know that something belongs to another person, we're supposed to leave it alone. In fact, we're supposed to protect the interest in it as if it were ours. That's being called a good neighbor. That's called the good neighbor policy. True story. When me and my family lived in New Jersey, we loved our neighbors because all of us were close and looked out for each other. We'd have each other over for dinner, celebrate each other's kids' birthdays, all of that. And if anything ever happened to our house while we were out, out of town or whatever, I could always count on my next door neighbors to call me on my phone and let me know, hey, something's going on with your house, which they did many times. Fast forward to now where we live in Atlanta. And not really so much the case. I don't even know my neighbors' names. Many of them don't even say hello. And we've been living here for seven years. I don't even know my neighbors. My point is, it isn't wrong for me to like my neighbor's home and to use a legal means to purchase it from them. But if I start resorting to illegal, unethical tactics to obtain my neighbor's property, then I'm guilty of covetousness and theft. So it's wrong to covet property. It's also wrong to covet people. Again, the 10th commandment mentions your neighbor's wife. To desire another man's wife or another man's husband is, or another woman's husband, I should say, is just sinfully wrong and trifling. Listen, 
thinking that another man's wife is prettier than another woman's husband is, is handsome, that's not the problem. That's not committing any sin. But when you begin to have a lustful desire to possess him or her, then you're guilty of adultery and of covetousness. Now, from a biblical standpoint, think about David, how he resorted to lying and murder to possess Bathsheba, which we see in 2 Samuel chapter 11. He had Uriah killed, put him on the front lines of the war just so he could get after his wife. So it's wrong to covet people and it's wrong to covet property. Friends, it's also wrong to covet possessions. Again, I'm coming straight out of the text of Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, the 10th commandment. Among the items listed in the text are servants, animals, and anything that belongs to your neighbor. When you possess something that I become determined to possess at any cost, then I'm guilty of covetousness. I mean, it's cool to like the same things, to possess the same things, but when we want something that belongs to somebody else, then we've crossed the line and we're guilty of having a covetous heart before the Lord. Again, possessing a covetous heart means that you've reached a point where you've stopped trusting the Lord to meet your needs and instead are looking to acquire things which belong to the next man. And that, my friends, that kind of attitude will ruin your life. Because in the end, the things that we deem to be so valuable will be absolutely worthless. Saints of God, guard against allowing a covetous spirit to dominate your life. Now, I alluded earlier to the fact that God frowns heavily upon being covetous. So of course, since we're a Bible-based show, the next question becomes, well, how do we know how God feels about it? What does his word tell us about how he feels about it? Well, Stay tuned and find out just exactly how God feels about you wanting what the next man got after we come back from the break. At Benevolent Faith Ministries, we're a virtual church with a real heart for God. Visit us on the web today at benevolentfaithministries.org and learn more about becoming a member participating in our giving partnerships, and learning how you can be the church without the need of any building. That's BenevolentFaithMinistries.org. Log on today. What's up, y'all? It's your man's Rev. Rob and friends. I am beyond excited to announce that Benevolent Faith Ministries now has our own mobile app. Yes, indeed. Now you can download our brand new app and take us with you wherever you go. Simply go to the Android store or the Apple store and type in Benevolent Faith Ministries and you'll be able to download our app right to your phone, tablet, laptop, or other mobile device. The app features all of our ministries and you can watch our online services there on Tuesday night as well as our Wednesday TV show, Walk in the Word, and you can peruse our video library and watch all of our previous online services and Bible studies and more. You can even listen to this podcast through the app. You can also request prayer through the app, access our Facebook and other social media pages, and 
You can also give to our giving partnerships through the app. Now, here's the shouting part. You can also access our brand new television station or BFTV, Benevolent Faith Television, which is available on Apple TV, Roku TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Also, sign up for notifications from Benevolent Faith by going to the settings tab and under notifications, sliding the button to the on mode so that you can get alerts from us from us that will pop up on your phone anytime we have new developments. And trust me, we will not spam your phone with notifications. I can't stand when apps do that. That's not what we're about. Listen, this is a game changer for us as we seek to truly embody what it means to be a global virtual church and we're thrilled to be able to share this with you. Download the Benevolent Faith Ministries app today. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. As a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts at the iTunes Store, and on iHeartRadio. Also, don't forget to email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and comments for the show. And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific Time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and create a screen nickname. You can chat along with us during the service. The service also re-airs every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. Uh, I believe that's 10 a.m. Pacific time. Y'all get on up out on the West Coast. Come worship with us on Wednesdays. Also, check out our television show, Walking the Word with Benevolent Faith Ministries. Airs every Wednesday afternoon at 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time on the Daily Gospel Network. And you can catch the show on streaming plot, uh, streaming, <laughs> streaming platforms, including Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Or you can watch it online by going to www.dailygospelnetwork.tv. Or you can just watch it on our Facebook page, which we post the day after it airs. So it posts on our Facebook page every Thursday. Speaking of which... Make sure you go and download our brand new mobile app that's available in the Apple and Android stores right now, my friends. In the app, you'll find all of our ministries, including links to our online service, as well as to the TV show and to this very podcast. You can also request prayer, donate to our giving partnership, view videos in our library, video library of all everything we've ever done, all of that good stuff there. And pretty soon... Coming up, you're going to be able to watch all new fresh programming on BFTV or Benevolent Faith Television, which is our own television channel on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. All that good stuff and much, much more in the brand new Benevolent Faith Ministries mobile app. Download the app today, please. But today, friends, today's show is entitled, Give Me What You Got. And we're discussing the topic of covetousness or wanting what the next man has. And in our last segment, we define what being covetous means and why it's so egregiously bad when believers engage in it. But why do we keep saying that it's so bad? What's the basis 
for concluding that it's bad and that God frowns upon it. Well, one of the biggest problems with covetousness is that it has the power to lead men to break the other nine commandments of God. Because remember, we said that thou shalt not covet is the 10th commandment of the 10 commandments. Well, when you covet, when you engage in it, you basically end up breaking the other nine. <laughs> How do I mean by what I mean by that? Well, for instance, there's the commandment that says you shall have no other gods before me. And the commandment that says you shall not make graven images or likenesses. But how many people have bowed at the altars of materialism and greed while refusing to bow at the altar of the Lord? Many people have placed money and possessions ahead of God and made those things their God instead. Maybe even you. Well, what about the commandment that says not to take the Lord's name in vain? But how many people have blasphemed the Lord's name in their efforts to acquire things? Listen, you ain't even got to speak necessarily in order to blaspheme the Lord. Simply by you living your life in a manner inconsistent with the clear teachings of Scripture is blasphemy. Then there's the command that says to remember the Sabbath day. But how many people you know have ever desecrated the Lord's day in an effort to make money? Because believe it or not, y'all, many people who work on the Lord's day, they don't do it out of necessity. They do it out of greed for gain. True story. Certain people work on Sunday because they're greedy because they want the money, knowing that's supposed to be the Lord's day. Now, certain people do have to work on Sunday. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the people that do it because they're trying to get money. What about the commandment that says, honor thy father and mother? But many parents, as they age and reach their senior years, are treated poorly and cast aside by their children because they become too great of a financial burden or too great of a burden on their children's time or a burden in other ways. Listen, I've been ministering at nursing homes for half a decade. And some of the stories that I hear from the residents are horrendous when it comes to how their families abandoned them or otherwise disregarded the shabby treatment that they get or otherwise or treated them shabbily themselves. Oftentimes, the child feels like he or she may have to give up something that they think they need. So as a result, they neglect their parents. It happens all the time. But check it. What if mom and dad had done that to them when they were helpless, when they were little babies? What if their parents had neglected to change or feed them when they were babies because, oh, that's too much of a financial burden to buy Pampers and it's too much of a financial burden to buy Similac. Let me tell y'all something. I'm so glad that my kids are grown now because Pampers and Similac will break your pockets for real. But what if your parents had said that or said, well, they're too much of a burden on my time to feed them and change them and burp them. They on their own. You know, it's sickening to me, seriously. Anyway, another commandment is thou shalt not kill. But come on, I ain't even got to tell y'all that many people have died because somebody wanted what they had. People get killed in home invasions. Somebody breaking your home. Why? Because they want to steal what's yours. People get killed during carjackings. Why? Because they're trying to take your car that's not theirs. Then there's the commandment that thou shalt not commit adultery. 
But we all know that many marriages are in shambles because of that very reason. That many homes have been destroyed because somebody had their head turned by another man or woman and ended up acting upon those desires. As the saying goes, y'all, people have been so caught up in earning their salt that they have neglected their sugar. Mm, my Lord. Here's another commandment. Thou shalt not steal. I mean, duh. The very act of stealing is trying to take something that belongs to somebody else because you wanted it. That's textbook covetousness. Then there's the commandment that thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. But far too often, y'all, people will lie about others and spread gossip about others that can destroy their lives because they're jealous of them. And they want that person's life or their lifestyle or their position or their walk with the Lord. So they sabotage them. Many people have had their lives totally ruined by the covetous heart of another. In other words, breaking all the other nine commandments seem to be spurred on by a covetous spirit with wicked intentions and that's sinful before the Lord. That's why the Lord in his word gives such clear warnings against covetousness and its influence in our lives. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Luke 12, 15. But he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one is affluent does his life consist of his possessions. Hmm. Look at Psalm chapter 10, verse 3. For the wicked boasts of his soul's desire, and the greedy person, the greedy person curses and shows disrespect to the Lord. Mark chapter 7, verses 21 and 22 puts it this way. For from within, out of the hearts of people, come the evil thoughts, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murders, acts of adultery, deeds of greed, wickedness, deceit, indecent behavior, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Well, dang, that just about covers it all, don't it? (laughs) Friends, whenever we are constantly going after things we don't have, We're simply saying that the Lord can't be trusted to take care of his children, which demonstrates a lack of faith in the Lord. God has already promised us in his word that he will give us those things that we're in need of. Look at Philippians chapter four, verse 19. So when we refuse to be content with what we already have, then we're guilty in the eyes of the Lord because we're saying that he hasn't done enough and that we can't trust him to meet our need. Y'all, we need to be constantly looking to the Lord for the things we have need of and to always remember that we're supposed to practice contentment with what we already possess. Hebrews chapter 13, verses five and six, it could not be any clearer. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever abandon you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? See, when it comes to obtaining things, y'all, God's plan for us is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And I'm going to read this because I want you to take heart to this. It's a little long, but I'm going to just take heart to it. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life 
as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is there not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more important than they? And which of you by worrying can add a single day to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass on the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, what are we to eat or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that all these things will be provided to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Amen to that. What you worried about tomorrow for? We got to get through today still. Jesus was so wise. When, it, when we forget that Jesus is the provider and begin, we begin to think that getting stuff relies on us doing things to get what we want, then y'all, we've passed from faith into covetousness and we're guilty of sin. Not only that, but when we allow a covetous heart to dominate our lives, we become slaves to the things we want. And when that happens... We'll be guilty of placing the Lord in second place in our lives. Listen, there's nothing wrong in possessing things, but we fall into sin when things begin to possess us. Newsflash, allowing things to supersede or come before God in our lives is called idolatry, y'all. And God hates idolatry more than he hates covetousness. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't seek enjoyment out of life. After all, scripture doesn't say that the profit motive is wrong in and of itself. But the problem is clear. Living only for a bigger and better salary or a house or a car or a vacation, it doesn't satisfy the deepest needs of our hearts. It may seem as if happiness and satisfaction will increase as we gain more and more possessions. But really, it don't work that way, y'all. When we're guilty of possessing a covetous heart, we can be sure that our level of devotion to Christ will suffer. Humans may think that we can control our covetous urges, but we'll quickly find out that they'll swallow us alive and destroy our usefulness for the Lord. We can never be faithful to the Lord as long as we are consumed by other things in life. It's Jesus who must fill our vision and not things. And until he does, Everything else in our lives is going to be out of balance. So how do we find that balance? How do we learn how to be happy with what God has given us, especially if we think that he hasn't given us a lot? Well, we're going to examine precisely how we go about trying to live a life of contentment so that we ain't got to live a life filled with covetousness. And we're going to do that after we come back for the break. What's up, friends? It's your man's Rev Rob, and I am excited to cordially invite you to catch all new episodes of our television show, 
Walk in the Word with Benevolent Faith Ministries, which airs on the Daily Gospel Network every Wednesday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central, 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time. That's also prime time for our friends in Africa and Europe. And y'all should know by now how we do. This is not your typical ministry show. You can watch the show on Apple TV, Roku TV, and Amazon Fire TV, or you can just go to www.thedailygospelnetwork.tv and watch us there. Come on out and walk in the Word with us and learn the truth about God's Word, but in a fun and exciting new way. Amen? And we can't wait for you to join us. What's up, y'all? This is Rev Rob, and I'm inviting you to join us live for our weekly online services every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific. All you have to do is log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church, and it'll take you directly to the live worship session. Now, if you get there a bit early before service is started, stay and enjoy the fellowship with us and others through the chat system. You can even participate live and chat with our hosts during and throughout the service, as well as take notes and follow along in the Bible section we have available. And you can request prayer, or even join Benevolent Faith Ministries itself. Remember, you can log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we can't wait for you to worship with us. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and in that search box, put at Bedevlin Faith Ministries and like our page to support us. And don't forget you can join us every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern during our live prayer call line. And if you can't make the live call, you can call the prayer playback line. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week in order to hear what you may have missed. Amen. Friends, in today's episode, give me what you got. We've been discussing the concept of covetousness or wanting what the next man has. And we've been talking about how God heavily disfavors such behavior and thinking. And in our final segment today, we wanna examine how we go about not being covetous. That is, how do we live our lives in a manner where we can be content with what we have such that we don't necessarily seek after the things of others? And friends, the secret to having a disposition such as that, starts with being happy or content with our own stuff. The truth is that if God wanted us to have more right now, then we would have it. If we were ready for the job or ministry we wanted, then he'd put us into it. If we were supposed to be in a different situation in life, then we'd be in it. If we were supposed to have more money, then we would. Instead of always saying, if only this and if only that, God calls us to glorify him to the fullest right now in whatever situation we currently find ourselves. Friends, contentment is the positive side of the 10th commandment. It's the remedy for a covetous desire or a covetous nature. And the emphasis on contentment is thoroughly biblical. Look at what the Apostle Paul told his disciple Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verses 6 through 8. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. 
For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we had food and covering, with these shall we be content. Contentment means wanting what God wants for us rather than what we want for us. That would be what content means. The secret to enjoying this kind of contentment is to be so satisfied with God that we're able to accept whatever he has or has not provided. To put this another way, coveting is a theological issue, meaning that ultimately it concerns our relationship with God. Therefore, the way to get rid of any covetous desire is to be completely satisfied with God and what he provides. And godly people have always known this secret. Again, we look to the Apostle Paul. Look at what he told the church at Philippi. Uh, chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with little, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. In other words, Paul had learned that contentment isn't circumstantial, meaning it doesn't depend on our situation in life. So what's the secret? Paul said it a little bit later in chapter 4, verse 13. Actually, the very next verse. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. In other words, God is all we need, y'all. And therefore, God is all that we ought to desire. To be even more specific, all we need is Jesus. God does not offer us his son as a better way of getting what we want. No, 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 no. God gives us Jesus and says to us, even if you don't realize it, He's all that you really need. When we come to Jesus, we receive the forgiveness of our sins through his death and resurrection. We receive the promise of eternal life with God. We receive the promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he will help us through all the trials of life. And really, what else do we need besides that? I mean, really, as for everything else, all the things that we spend so much time coveting, money, material wealth, prominence, stature, all that stuff. God says, trust me, I will provide everything you truly need. Remember, scripture says, all these other things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. Friends, faith is always the answer to our discontent. I just said it. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. When you put your mind on Christ, on serving him and on being obedient to him, God will give you everything else so that you don't need to covet what the next man have because you'll have it yourself. But the first thing, the main thing, the only thing that really matters is to trust in Jesus, period. He's all we'll ever need for true contentment in this life. Say to God, when it comes to possessing things, the problem for many of us isn't that we have too little, 
nor is it that we possess too much. Our problem is that we want more than we need. We need to be searching our hearts to see what motivates us. Are we always talking about money? Thinking about money? I'm all about that paper, son. Is that us? Are we always feeling jealous because somebody has something we think that we need? Oh, I got to get that. I got to keep up with the Joneses. Are we guilty of going after things instead of going after the Lord? Being covetous is a sin that nobody will admit to. Let's just keep it real. People won't admit that they covet things. They'll just do it. And having a covetous heart will be your downfall unless you make it right with God. Because truly, when we see other people being happy with what they already have, when we see people content with Christ and Christ alone and not with things, that's the only time that we should ever be saying to somebody else, hey, give me what you got. Amen. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, and the iTunes Store, and yes, on iHeartRadio. Also, don't forget, you can find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to log on this and every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time for our online church services, which also replays on Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern at benevolentfaithministries.online.church. And you can listen to this show, watch our online service, and watch our TV show all in the Benevolent Faith Ministries mobile app, which we encourage you to download today from the Apple and Android stores. And we'll catch y'all next time. Holla!